I didn't know how long uh, uh, the membership celebration would go because we, we, I think Pastor Mimi really uh, cruised through the thing really quickly. Then really asking, really stopping and asking different person to, and, and their stories. And now we have actually one of the things we believe, Pastor Mimi and I love about our membership class is that we get to talk here about people's history. Their, their stories of the, how they ended up at our church and their faith journeys were not. It's amazing to hear uh, their stories. Uh, and also, we also have a, a communion after this. Uh, I, want, I need to do a couple of things before I forget. Uh, Pearl, can you come up for a second? Okay. You have seen Pearl. She's been with us for about nine months. She came last year, September, and this will be her last Sunday in our church. She has to go back. Uh, she has to go back uh, to China. We are hoping that she'll come back in the fall. So I think that school is considering maybe asking, giving a position to stay. So anyway, uh, you know, many of us fall in love with this, this amazing woman from China, Chengdu, China, right? And, and I tell you, she has been a blessing to us. I thought it would be great for us to recognize her and also pray for her. Uh, and uh, if you want to take her out to dinner this week, I think she's leaving on Saturday. I think you can, she, you can do that as well. Let's just come and pray. Father, we just love and honor. We thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for your body, the church, the global church. Father God, and as your, your daughter from China, became part of us for about a year. And you have blessed her, blessed her, blessed us through her, God, her being with us. Father, we ask, Father God, as you return home, her future still in your hand, God. We are asking your grace will be with her. You'll go with her, God. You'll make a way, Father, whether she return back here or you'll lead her into the great and amazing ways you're guiding her, God. We say thank you for your grace. We ask your anointing and grace over her. Father, we thank you for this time that we had. We entrust her in your care, God, that you will be her Lord and strength. You always have been your guide, God. We love you in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Thank you. I just needed to, did I say two things? Okay, let me, I need to do two more things. Okay. Uh, I do need to, uh, Nathan, where are you? Can I, can I have you come up for a second, too? Uh, I want to spend, spend about a minute or so to talk about Nathan. And um, uh, some of you have seen him uh, last couple of years in the summertime when he came, when, when he was between, when in the summer breaks from school, reaching probably the, one of the best Christian colleges in the States. And he had been attending our church for the last couple of summers. And I remember uh, before we went, he before we went back out this fall, she asked, he asked whether he could spend about maybe after he graduate, spend some time doing internship, really taking time after school uh, or the school schooling to think about what God is leading in the context of the church and where where he might be God may be leading and said, I don't need any pay. Can I just come and spend time with you? And I'll do whatever you want, you want me to do, and I want to get to know the church. I want to see what God is doing. He's here with us for about, about, a, about a year. We'll see where, how long he will, God will lead him in that way. But 
I'm, I'm asking you to pray for him. So he has taken time. After college, a lot of time you do not know what you're doing. So he, he thought it would be best for him to spend about, about a year seeking God in the context of the body of Christ. He loves our church. He didn't say he loves me more than Pastor Mimi, but I know he does. But anyhow. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so that I'll be spending, we will be spending a lot of time with him. Do a lot of philosophical discussions and things. Anyhow, so uh, we ask you to pray for him. And, uh, and we will, he, you will see him helping many different places. We will use him like, or whatever, I don't know. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you can go in. Okay. And I just need to also mention about Pat, uh, uh, Jason and Hannah as well. If you can stand where they are, they're tall, so they, you don't, they don't need to come up. You can see. Did you go to the restroom or something? <laughs> just wanted to mention, some of you heard through the grapevine, you know, uh, Jason and Hannah have been attending our church since, I think, January, I believe. Uh, January, and you know, J- uh, Jason finished all the studying, MDiv and all that, and took all the uh, exams in, the, in our denomination, ready to be ordained. He's certified to be ordained as a pastor. He's been praying about planting a church in College Park. And it is, that has been in planning. There's a lot of things going on. But it thought, we thought it was even helpful if take time a little slower pace to get things ready you know, and, and more and more things ready for the church plan that we'll be doing in College Park. In many ways, you know, I am <coughs> supporting them for God's calling upon them for God, what God is for College Park. I told my our session 30 years ago, I came to Maryland because of this, to see University of Maryland come to know Christ. I came for that. You know, and that's why, anyway, I don't want to go any further than that. But I just wanted to mention, uh, on, uh, when he had a holy uh, fire baptismal revival, Pastor Mimi, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you knew, Pastor, that night, Pastor Mimi was wrecked many, many times. She was wrecked when she was praying with Jason, and she, they are both, she was knocked out in the spirit. She pulled him down along with her. And as she was knocked out together because she felt the God's spirit upon him as a pastor, pastoral anointing over him. And, 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 and also that night I saw God really moving powerfully upon Hannah. And I, I feel like they were like birthing something in the spiritual realm. And God was reminding me that he has anointing them for the work God has called to reach the campus. So they are, we'll, they'll be with our church for officially for next, I don't know how long, but they'll be worshiping with us and, you know, and we'll maybe take part in some of the things in our church, help out, and also learn and grow out. We're going to spend more time with them. And also we will help them plant the church in College Park, which will be mostly focused on college students and beyond. So if you can pray for them, they'll be helpful. You know, actually, I mean, he's been a... He has been a pastor for a while already. You can call him pastor, actually, and you know, he is ready to be ordained and everything. So you can call him pastor if you want to. You want to be, uh, if you want to be a little more comfortable, call him Jason. Hannah, they're both wonderful worship leaders. I just want to mention that to you. I just want you to know them, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, now I have a lot of uh, slides, some uh, less slides, but I still have a lot of slides. I want to cover a couple of things. Uh, before I do, let me pray. Father, just, just, we love you, we love you, we love you. 
We thank you for your grace. Father, we prayed, I pray the prayer that Psalm has prayed. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is nothing on earth I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh, how often they fail. But God, you have been the strength of my heart. You are my inheritance forever. As for me, the nearness of God, God's near, your nearness is my good. This is the good that we desire, God. More than blessing, more than the fame, more than power, money, and all the things many people may go after. We say, our, we, I say, God, our desire, our good is your presence, your nearness of God. We have made you our refuge, our resting place, that we may declare all of your wonders. God, we love you, we love you. But I pray that you'll make your home here with us. You'll make your dwelling place here with us, God. We don't want to play church. We want to do house with you. We want to build house with you, God. So that whole world may see your beauty and your splendor, your grace and mercy, God. We love you, we love you, we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, before, and, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things running in my, in my head last, this whole last couple of weeks, especially while we are preparing and going through that Holy Fire Baptismal Revival. Even the name was really, really interesting. But and, uh, the preparation was difficult, but yet it was an amazing time, two days we had. The question I've been asking is, asking before God was, what did it mean? Or also I was asking, what does revival look like? Was that a revival? Because sometimes we call it revival meeting. As if we say, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to revival meeting, some God will show up. You know, and that, that doesn't, that, that's not what it is. But we may have gatherings, yet many people got touched. Some people were uh, released from generational curses. Some, many people were healed. Many people were re re renewed their faith in God. People who walked away from God for 16 years came to know God, uh, find their faith in God again, and people were filled with the Spirit. Some people received gifts of the Holy Spirit. And many different things happened. And, you know, and one of the amazing, fun testimony I heard was, you know, when, when through the, uh, the re revival, and when, you know, before the baptismal happened, the ministry going upstairs. And, and people saw the different teams of people praying. And, you know, and a couple of Korean-speaking parents of our members saw that they found the longest line that must be good. They went and sat at the end of the line. You know, the Koreans do that, right? When there are like five lines going, you go the longest line because you think they must be good. That's why everybody's there, right? And this couple went there. They couldn't hear anything What's going on? And when he came, and the, and the pastor Shin and his wife prayed for them, not in Korean, not in English, but in tongues. I don't know what they were praying, what they were saying to them. But when they prayed for, first time in their life, they said, "My knee became like a jello." These two people in seventies were slain and, 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 and down, down on the floor. Never experienced anything like that in their life. And they looked over. Where's my friend? And the friend is over there slain too. <laughs> and, and, and so they were rocked. They didn't know anything that was going on. They thought, I bet the pastor is pushing people down. They didn't have any older doubts. But God's presence came. They experienced God in different ways. 
There are many other testimonies that came. Yes, people got touched. You know, and, and, and many things happened. Is that revival? Some, you, know, you saw some people got, uh, were, were really worried about some people manifesting. You know, and, and rightly so. Some people are doing real things. Pastor Mimi was bobbling in the water. I, bet, I, I heard some life group actually went back and saw that three times. And anyhow, and then people get weirded out about different people's different reactions of their body. Is that what revival is? And the thought, and, and, and I was listening, and I was listening to all different people, including Tim, Tim, Tim Keller, who's a, a gospel coalition, to all different people I was reading and hearing about how they describe revival is. What is the essence of revival? At the end of the day, it's not manifestations. Even in, it's not even speaking in tongues. Revival really, the essence of it all is people who are sleeping, sleepy Christians awakened. You know, and, and, and uh, or the carnal Christians come back to life in God. People who are far from God come to know Jesus Christ. There's a salvation that happens, people's life renewed. And they are, they're passionate about for God's kingdom again. That's really, and that's what the core of the revival is that happens to a lot of people and begin to change that community and the society. And my, our, my prayer is not only that we will be touched one, meet, one meeting, my, my desire is that God, that we will experience God, we will know God, walk God, and that this, this encounter will help us to walk with God better every day. Every part of our ordinary life becomes extraordinary because we believe in extraordinary God. Amen? So, and, and all the other things God grants are good, amazing, but that's not what you're seeking after. It's great when people receive gifts this is so, so that they can minister to others. Great. When people have encounters, great. We love it. They realize God is real. That's great. People get healed. Yes, that's great. But end of the day, they will still die. Healing is never permanent. We will die and end of the day anyway. That's all great. But the thing is, end of the day, the Jesus is lifted up. The gospel go forth. People turn to Christ and they repent of their sins, turn to Christ and follow God, become people of God, begin to change our society. That's what revival is. Amen. That's what you're praying for. I love what God is doing in our midst. This is why we are definitely looking into uh, Pastor Todd from the Georgia Revival, he, he said he needs to come back again. He's gonna, we had set the date already. He's going to come last week of July. I believe July 29th to August, I think, 1st or 2nd is, and, and that he, they'll be here for four days. Two days, they'll, they'll, they'll do meetings in Oakton, Virginia, with the whole World Fellowship, WWF. Right? Not, not the worldwide, you know, the... What was, it, what was it Wrestling Federation? Not that, but Whole World Fellowship, Nova Hub. They will do it, I think, probably Monday, Tuesday, and they will be with us for two days more, Wednesday and Thursdays again. Why? Not just for experience. The reason is, as, as uh, um, Song prayed about, we want God to begin to kindle things in us so that the fire will burn in us, that what God is, God is doing in our lives will become more permanent, it will go on and that God will have a, a lasting effect in our lives. Amen? That's what we're looking at, which means 
a lot of prayers need to be needed not to get the events done. Let me say one more story before I want to briefly read the text and talk, uh, share a little bit. The last week when I began my message with a testimony from that Korean lady that I translated into English about, the thing that I loved was, and, and this many, many people, many, many people called this Taeyeon sister, encouraged her to seek. I was not one or two. A lot of people encouraged somebody who was not really walking with God, who was not really doing well with God, invited her to return to God. And that was not just to come to the revival meeting, to return to God. And, you know, and the thing is, there was a concerted effort to share God's good news to people. That's amazing. That's exciting for me. That's great. And I think that because that tells me there was a really God was moving, doing something. So I want to look at today's text a little bit. Title, Wait for the Promise of the Father. Or can you go to the last uh, slide? Okay. Or this one, Wait for it. I like that slide. I found it in Google and I'm, I didn't have an ability to make this. I just found the Google that speaks spoke my heart. Wait for it. That's the title of my message. Wait for it. Go back to the first slide. Thank you. Today's text is from Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 8. What I want to do quickly, maybe, maybe hopefully, maybe in the next 10 minutes, to quickly highlight a few things. I don't have time to explain all the things. But today is Sunday before Pentecost Sunday. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And this is Pentecost, meaning 50 days from the Passover, the, the death of Christ and the resurrection, 50 days where the church celebrates when, when the God's promise came, book of Acts chapter 2. So today is a Sunday before Pentecost Sunday, and I thought it would be great to uh, speak, uh, share a little bit about what happened then, or to tie it to the message I shared last week about, about the, what the baptism Jesus Christ Jesus come to, came to give to us. It is not a water baptism. Water baptism is just a pointer. Real baptism is Holy Spirit baptism. Amen? Are you convinced? And, and so I want to continue both in, the, in this thing. Let me look at, let me read the passage a little bit. What I want to do is just, as I read, I'm going to explain a few things and highlight a few things. Okay? God is good? Okay. Am I speaking too fast? Am I stuttering too much? Okay, thank you. Okay. Let me read Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And the first account I composed, Theophilus. I need to start with the name, amazing name, Theophilus. About, uh, Theophilus means love of God. About all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles from whom he had chosen. If you, if, you, if you want to open your Bible, you can open your Bible. I'm reading out of NASB, just in case you may not have your Bible with you. So what happens after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus begins to... Uh, spend time with disciples and talk to them. Look at verse 3. These things he also presented, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering. 
by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days. For 40 days after resurrection, Jesus appeared to disciples, proved to them that he is alive, he is real, he has finished what God has called him to do, and that he is resurrected, but, uh, broke the power of death and all those. And, and, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God, in that time, he was also teaching disciples things of, things of kingdom of God that's coming. Let me go on to verse 4. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father has promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John, ba John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And Jesus is now, after resurrection, rather than just ascending to Father right away, he took 40 days, 50 days getting disciples ready. He, and he was, and the last thing he said was, you have to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. The promise really is that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. Now, I, and I'm, I'm, I want to, we need to look at this a little bit because there are a number of orthodox views on this thing. Not just one, at least few different views on what this passage means. All very, very biblical conservative views, but little differing. Here, Jesus, when you look at this text, Jesus says, wait for the promise of the Father. What is the promise? That you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, he didn't say the promise of the Father is that you'll be, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't say you'll receive the Holy Spirit. He said you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say you'll, you'll, you'll be converted, you'll become, part, you'll become part of the body of Christ. He said you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let me go on. I found this thing. I... I, I, you know, I like the drawings in that. This is uh, MS, MSG version, tasty version. Jesus said, John, baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and soon. Now, I, we talked about a little bit last Sunday how Jesus never baptized anyone with water. He disciples did some, but he, Jesus never decided, baptized anyone with water. But John the baptizer said, I baptize you water, Unto repentance. But the one coming after me is greater than I. And thong of his ascender I'm not even worthy to touch. But he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Meaning that Jesus didn't come to, I know the church, in many, many churches, many believe that baptism we are supposed to celebrate is water baptism which is important that talks about uni being united with Christ becoming a body of Christ being one with God and all that is important but the baptism Jesus Christ came to give will give is not just that it's more than that it is that you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit the real baptism is Holy Spirit baptism question is are you baptized by the Holy Spirit and I mean that, what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? 
and uh, the, the, the different views of different views. One of the one of the understanding a lot of churches have is when you're baptized in water by faith in Christ, that's baptism. And that when you become a Christian, Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. That is baptism of Holy Spirit. Being, being, you being united with Christ. That's a lot of churches believe that. But when I look at today's text, it says, it seems to say a whole lot more than that. Let me go on. Look at verse uh, 6. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? For a long time, I thought disciples are asking stupid questions. I thought they were asking stupid, what are you talking about? But they actually, they actually knew the promises in the Bible that they, he knew that when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be poured out, given, it will be back to the Holy Spirit, they realized that God is, some of the promises in the Old Testament prophetic word is that God will restore his kingdom. That's why they're asking, are you not restoring the kingdom now? Because the Holy Spirit are pouring in an Old Testament prophesied relates to the kingdom of God being established. So they asked that. If you look at Jesus' answer, Jesus says, he said to them, he didn't rebuke them. He just said, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father fixed by his own authority. You know what? He's not rebuking them. The question is legitimate, but it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. Look at next verse. But, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. See, I, I'm, what, I'm looking, what I see is that Jesus said in verse 5, wait for the promise of the Father that you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he's really saying, he's now expanding that here right in this passage, you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here, see, he's re really connecting the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the power that God gives through the Spirit of God. For what? You shall be my witnesses. Holy Spirit came upon people and baptized them in the Spirit of God. Let me stop you. I need to step back in one, one second and say something. You see, when this chapter 2 of Acts, when disciples and others were gathered, were filled with the Spirit, many of them, I believe, were already as Holy Spirit in them. If I can, I can prove to you in the scriptures how John chapter 20, when Jesus resurrected, came to disciples and says, breathe upon them and say, receive the Spirit. He gave them the Spirit already. Holy Spirit already indwelling within them. But in chapter 2 of Acts, Holy Spirit came upon them power, powerfully, upon them powerfully. And he said, you shall be my witnesses. Holy Spirit came, baptism, Holy Spirit power came. Not that I look good, not that I become healthy and wealthy. Those are, uh, those are not the more main thing here. He says, you will be my witnesses. Holy Spirit baptism is about God coming to us in power. That we become his witnesses. Both in Jerusalem, in, in, in Judea and Samaria, to the remotest part of the earth. Let, let me stop here. This is not in my notes. Just, I'm shooting from the hip here, okay? So it's just be um, understanding. Yeah. 
You see, for me, when I, when I look at this passage, this, this passage that you'll, you should be my witnesses, one of the things the Holy Spirit, when Holy Spirit comes upon us powerfully, what, what God is really doing is, we've all been living for ourselves. Even as Christians, we, we've been living about, about me, my life. Somehow we had God as addition to my life, my blessing. When Holy Spirit came upon power, what God is, God is reminding them, it's not just about your life, it's about God's kingdom, God's glory. Amen? The struggle that I have is, you know, this is the struggle I have. I don't know about you. Somehow, many, many of us Christians, we live as if Christian life is the life that's supposed to, God makes me be happier. As if this is a goal. Cannot be, this cannot be the goal. When Jesus called disciples, come and follow me, I'll make you fishes of men. Meaning that it's not about you. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you so that you can love the world. I'm calling you so that you can reach the world with my love. Amen? So I think there is a whole lot of thing we need to look at. Because I think so many of us live as if God is one who comes and blesses. God is the one who gives you things when I need. I cry out when I need healing. Those are all great. And often it's all about me, my needs, my wants, my desires. Holy Spirit comes and reminds, Spirit can come in living in me, reminds, reminds me that He, Holy Spirit, sees so much more than what my, what my needs and wants are. And Holy Spirit shares His heart with us. His heart is for the world to the ends of the earth. That every nation, every tribe, every people group will hear to know the love of God. And Holy Spirit God living in me will begin to stir in me that I, will not, I cannot just live a self-centered life. I live a life different with passion, but with a vision, with the desires and compassion for the world. Just a thought came to me. Uh, I remember when I was in freshman in college after I got saved, went back to Hawaii. I remember I met a one boy. He was the tallest Korean boy I met those days. I think he was six feet six. He's a tall Korean boy, and as a high school kid. And you know, he, he, he used to tell me, he'll go to swimming pool, some pool swimming pools are really, really not too deep, right? He would say, so he's, you know, some pools are so short, they say, you could, I, could, he's, I could do this. Walk around breathing in my mouth, it's about in the water, right? <laughs> anyway. I don't know why this talk came to me. I know why, because he said, and after he experienced Holy Spirit, he said, when I walk around, when I see garbage on the street, it breaks my heart. He'll cry because we are messing up, dirtying God's creation. That boy had an interesting feeling God has given. He has the love for the earth, the love for this world God created. He'll, he'll walk around, see garbage, he'll need to pick it up. I mean, this is not a normal thing. What I'm getting at, this is the Spirit of God working in you, maybe showing one of his heart, one of his heart that he created the universe and he created it in his love. And when he sees us destroying it, God's, God's heart is broken as well. I've seen people, men, people have different kind of feelings, different kind of changes in the heart and the mind and in their life because Holy Spirit comes upon them. You see, you shall be my witnesses for my Jerusalem or Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. That's the thing. God, 
Spirit of Spirit that comes upon us, it causes our lives to go beyond my little circles. Circles that I may take step to love beyond. Because I think a lot of us, as you get, I, I, I realize, I guess, when I get older, my circle of my, where I go is very limited now. I go to church, come home, go to gym, and come home. And, 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 and you, you get more comfortable in the little settings. I don't take risks to meet new people. I don't take risks to get to know people more. But, and then, which means, because I'm so, so occupied with what I'm doing, I don't have any room to kiss. think about God and think about the people. I have no concern for, really doesn't have a lot of concern for other people. It's all about me and my life. But Spirit of God always pushes us beyond our thing. I need to find time and make time to see how God wants to love people around us. Holy Spirit does that. Make us witnesses for him. Not advocates, but witnesses. The difference. Advocates are those who will logically convince you certain things. Witnesses people who experience something, and this is what you've seen and heard, and you, you, this is what you talk, what you live it out, you talk to people about. Not logically just following through. They are witnesses. You may not know how to explain things, but you know God was with me, God touched me, so I want to tell you about what God has done. You are called to be witnesses. Amen? I just need, just give me a couple moments. I just want to go back and I found some nice uh, pictures. See, they broke up this verse 8 into a few different ways. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses to in, in Jerusalem, all Judea, and Samaria. And the end of the, can you see that little the things they throw, put it in there, the map of Israel and everything? I love that. I like this one too. See, now, as, as you put the words differently, it highlights the things. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You guys are laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> I, I just want to highlight something because this is a really strengthens what, I, what, what the Word of God is saying, Acts 1. Book of Luke is written by the same author as Book of Acts. At, and the Book of Luke, Luke, this is what it ends in by saying. And this very, very, almost parallels what happened in Acts chapter 1. Look at it. Then, and, when, and then he opened, up, opened their, their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, this is written, that the Christ will suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. How, how close to do what we already saw in Acts chapter 1? Look at the next thing. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of the Father upon you. But you, are, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. You see, when, see, you see here it highlights and it, it really zeroes in what the promise of the Father is. It's not just Holy Spirit coming and living in you, indwelling Spirit of God. No, it's talking about Holy Spirit coming in, in power, empowering you for God's work. 
The clothes with power from on high. This phrase you'll find in the Old Testament where Spirit comes upon people powerfully and clothe them with power. Like Samson and others who did, able to, who did amazing things by the power of God. But this will be given to all people. So a couple of things. Let me just highlight a few things. Jesus said, wait for it. The promise of the Father. The promise God the Father had and the, the what Jesus, Jesus, our Lord Jesus himself promised to give. That you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not the Holy Spirit living in you, but you'll be baptized, empowered by the Spirit of God for his kingdom work, God's purpose in life. Clothed with power from on high. Let me stop right here. I don't know, I don't even have any struggle like this, like this. I have struggled like this. My, I mean, still do that, do now. But I remember my first year as a Christian after being saved, because God spoke his love to me. I was undone by his love. I knew God loved me. But that one year was difficult because I knew I was a Christian. I know God loves me, but I was not real. I didn't have power and strength to live out the God's life. I had a struggle for a year. I felt like almost I felt like I lost my salvation. I felt, I felt like I was disobeying God in every way. But I know God loves me. I know I'm saved. A lot of we struggle with knowing God. I know I'm saved. I know God loves me, but I don't have power to live out my life. See, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit came upon, came in us, living in us. We have all the power, all of God's power and His grace and gifts needed to live a Godly life. But somehow it has not been fully activated and released in my life. For me, it took a year later of crying out before God. We had an experience of God, face-to-face -face experience of God, where I was filled with the Spirit of God, baptized in the Spirit of God, and begin to learn to, begin to see the power of God in me, Spirit of God, living in me, in me helping me to live as God wanted me to live. Well, what am I saying? We need the spirit of power, of the spirit of God to live our life as Christian or as well as carry God's calling in our life. Amen? And we need to be, I'm always saying, God, I need more of you. More of you. And God's promise, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. And this is the goal. I wish I had time to explain more. I'm going to end with this thing. To the ends of the earth. Okay. Now, now this is what I want to end with. So after Jesus gave all this command, and he ascends back to the Father, and the 40 days after his resurrection, that for the next 10 days, disciples be stayed in Jerusalem, begin to ask God. Wait for the promise God has, Jesus has commended and promised God the Father was going to give. And he says, verse 14 of the book of Acts, chapter 1, these, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. They were spent the next 10 days waiting and praying and seeking God and studying the word of God, waiting for the promise of God. We have seven days leading to Pentecost next, sun, next Sunday. And I think that whether you, have, you, whether you are baptized with the Holy Spirit some time ago or not, 
even, when you're, even if you're baptized with the by Spirit of God some time ago, and maybe some of us may not have experienced that release, the full release of the Spirit of God in your life, it will be a great, I think, right thing for us so this week, I think, to seek God. I need you more, God. Not only do we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit of God, filled with God, and I need to be, continue, to be, continue to be filled with the Spirit of God. Every day, every moment. It's good for us to seek after God. And, and, and I think it will be a good week to do that. And I know, I know a lot of churches around the world spend this week seeking after God. Some of us, I, yes, I experienced uh, the, I, I, I was baptized Holy Spirit. I experienced the love of God many times. But I, I, would, I would say I need, I need more every day. I, I asking God for more of him today, this week. And if you have not had an assurance of things in your life you, and, and you feel the lack of your strength in your life, it's a great time to ask and seek. And I believe that, I do, I do believe that kept up Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all people. And then the thing is, yet, I need to say one more thing. When you trust in Jesus, Holy Spirit endures within you. Because you cannot believe in God be saved without Holy Spirit living in you. But being filled with the Spirit or being baptized Holy Spirit is not automatically given unless you are asking. It's something you ask, you seek. And I believe we want to be seeking that. And, and I thought it was the perfect timing for that as well. Our God is good. Look at last slide. I love this. Wait for it. As a, the, our uh, communion ushers are getting ready, let me talk to you a little bit. Please look. Can you see me? I know these big poles are bothering you. you know, Seth, I'm walking around a little bit so they can see my beautiful face. Right? Not bad. Here's, here's the thing. I remember about 10 days ago when I was baptized, as I was, me and my wife was the last person to be baptized in the water. You know, with uh, Pastor Marty, and, and, and he would ask the same thing here as anybody else. Who are you? Pastor Q, my wife said, Joey Kim, why are you here? One of the things I said was, I don't want, I want God to make this his home. I don't want God to be a visitor here where he come and go. I want God to come and live in this place. I remember I said, I thought, afterward, I thought, man, I was smart to say this. I did say, I don't want to play church anymore. I want to play house with God. I think I thought that's good. <laughs> I will trademark Pastor Q on the thing. I don't want to play church. I want to do house with God. We are called to be house of prayer. Not, not just house in the building in the sense, but I want God to find this, our community as his dwelling place. And that he will go, he will Turn our ordinary lives with his extraordinary presence. 
And our lives will know that God is with us. We will, our lives will become witnesses to his glory and power. Amen? But those are all accomplished on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, taking our sins, penalty of sins, and, and really forgiving all our sins, justifying us before God. You see, he made a way. He died on the cross. Not only that my sins are forgiven, he died on the cross so that the promise of the Father, Holy Spirit can come upon us, live in us. Amen? Were you baptized in the water? Was, it water, was the water cold? Oh, you, you, no, they didn't. You didn't go, you, you, you need to come next time. That's what it is. Okay, I want, I want to talk to you, okay. Were you baptized in the water? Was the water cold? How was it? It was good? Anything else you want to add? Not at all? Okay, okay. Not right now, okay. The thing that I loved was, I'm, I, know, I know that this baptism revival broke a lot of, you know, the uh, normal idea of what baptism should be. You know, but I love the fact the whole family, including babies, went into water together. And we were, we are saying, God, we all need, including our little ones, need you to fill us with the Spirit of God. And I was so thankful. One of, one of the testimony I heard from one of, one of the little girls, the number of families actually, I know a few families where, you know, they woke up their kids two in the morning to be baptized. I know a family, that kid, they took kids home, they slept, and they woke them up, brought them on time, they were baptized in the water. You, some of you, I know who you are. But I remember one of the, one of the, one of the kids who got baptized, and they asked, Daddy, I, I may be just, I'm, I may be just paraphrasing thing, Daddy. After, you know, when I went to water, I was a little scared, but when, when, when I came out, everything felt different. Everything felt, everything felt different. She did not explain it, but everything felt different. Our God is God who delights over us. He came to give us life and the power to live that life. He is our Lord, our God. On the cross, if you don't mind, I'm not going to wear my gown today. I brought my gown. Okay, here, right here. Okay, just want to let you know. But my wife said, this morning she said, I know, do you know anybody who wears their gown to the communion? You may be the only one that I know. <laughs> Why do you do that? You know, with the suit and the thing, it's so hot. Okay, I'll do without it, okay? All right. But I just feel naked without it anyway. <laughs> the night before Jesus went to the cross, he knew exactly what he came to do what Father had in mind. He knew why he was going to the cross, what he was dying for. See, he took the bread and broke it and gave it to them. This is my body broken for you. He knew he's dying for them very next day. For their salvation, for their soul. That night, Jesus took the cup in the same way Bible says, He made a new covenant with his blood. He knew what he was doing. Old Testament covenant was covenant of blood by the animals 
and a sacrifice. And then even then, your sin is not totally forgiven or washed away. It is temporary. But Jesus made a new covenant with his own blood. By his death, our sin will be forgiven for forever, once and for all. He made a new covenant with us. Take, drink. This is my new covenant that I make in my, with my blood. He's inviting us by his death and resurrection also the life in God promised by Father through the Spirit of God, God himself living in us. As, you, I, want to invite, as, as I invite all of you to come to the table today, I want you to be reminded not only what Jesus Christ has done, but what he has accomplished, how Holy Spirit made available to all who will come to Christ. Let me pray. If you can put your hands on your heart. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, the very God. We thank you for your sacrifice, dying on the cross for all our sins on the cross forgiving us all our sins on the cross taking the penalties of our sin and justifying us before the Father and and calling us as sons and daughters we love you God for your grace we love you Father for your love Holy Spirit we thank you for being here with us oh Jesus we thank you for your sacrifice we give you glory today we honor you we come today to the table being reminded of your love, everlasting, reckless love for us. We love you, God. We give you glory, God. We say you are our Lord, our God. Jesus, we thank you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.